on, man, hurry up. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going. Okay. There's a slight possibility that we're not supposed to be here. So if you wouldn't mind picking up the pace, I'd appreciate it. Wear your hands over my eyes. <laughs> just, dude, God, you complain about everything. You're just handsy in general. <laughs> okay, come on down this alley. Let's go. Oh, God, an alley. Excellent. <laughs> okay, look, you told me to mm-hmm. find a space for the Quantitude Holiday Party. Did you not? <laughs> yes, it never involved the word alley, but okay. Okay, I did what you told me. I know a guy who knows a guy. Here, let me open the door. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. What, 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 what? Okay, there, hit the lights over there. Okay. Watch your fingers. There's not a panel on it. It's a little... <laughs> I would do it carefully. Uh, There. Ah. Oh. Is this? It is. Welcome to the cat's cradle. Oh, my God. The cat's cradle. The cat's cradle. Carborough, North Carolina. Been here more than 50 years. I have seen Carl Denson and his tiny universe here. I have seen squirrel nut zippers. You know what? I was Um. in the front row. To see Warren Zevon when he came. Wow. Both of his good songs. <laughs> Sorry. This whole thing stops now unless you take that back. No, he was a very, very talented musician. No question. So we've got it for the night. Mm-hmm. As long as we don't draw too much attention to ourselves. <laughs> okay. We need to do a little setup. Bar in the back. Stages right. up front. I got the mic like you asked. Dude, we're having a party in the middle of a pandemic. Okay, let me get this straight. Last year's holiday episode involved a talking lemur and a 200-year-old statistician who believes in phrenology. And you're worried about social distancing? I withdraw the question. All right. Now, help me with this table. All right, this one. You know this about me. I am not a party guy. So if it's okay with you... Can we just maybe have a table in the back and whatever else happens in the room? Great. But maybe just sit in the back in the corner of the room. I was thinking the same thing. Here, All grab right. this. That's about as far out of the room as we can get without actually going back home. <laughs> you cool with this? I didn't know going back home was an option. I um, back, get, get back here. Get back here now. Right, 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 right. Okay. So what? What's happening? I got the space. It's your party planner. Well, I guess things are going to unfold a little bit. But what I thought we might do is maybe sit in the corner and celebrate the holidays a little bit as things in the room will start to unfold. As long as I don't have to talk to anybody? (laughs) That is a perfect party for me. Win-win for them, too. (laughs) So let me ask you, since we're getting in the spirit of the holidays, are you a big holiday guy? I love the Christmas season. Christmas Eve, the year revolved around, and we had a big dinner, and we had opening presents, and we had midnight mass. How about you? Uh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't a question about your prostate. This is. <laughs> um, that would be easier to put my finger on. <laughs> I... <laughs> So I like the holidays a lot because I have kids, which is to say I have brought myself to like the holidays and make my children enjoy them too. I don't want to spoil it for them. But myself, I did not grow up enjoying Christmas. Go behind the bar and grab an empty pitcher. I'm going to make some strips of paper here. All right. 
All right. Find a pen or a pencil when you're back there. All right, here, put them out in this basket. I don't even want to know what's been stored in there. All right, what we'll have people do is come in, and one thing we did as a family was you would write on slips of paper holiday wishes or some memory from a holiday past or something like that. Set this up, put a little instruction on it, and have people write something in recognition of the holidays. Just do whatever you would do that's consistent with your family tradition. I don't care. Okay, I I got this. Oh, cool. People are coming in. Hey, you, excuse me. Hey. Rutro. What? Uh, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Excuse me. Are you Patrick? Uh, yeah, I'm Patrick. And you are? Who am I? Oh, here's a hint. You called my husband at 540 in the morning. Does that ring any bells? Oh, you're Roy Lovey's wife, Paige. Ooh. My kids are asleep. I'm asleep. And you know the last thing I need at 540 in the morning? More Bayes theorem. You know when I did sleep? At his dissertation defense. That's right. I fell asleep at his dissertation defense and no one blamed me. I never need to hear another word about this crap. Of course. I'm so sorry. We just thought... Do I need credibility intervals? Nope. Burn-in? Nope. Diffuse priors? Gibbs samplers? Posterior predictive model checking? Nope. Nope. And nope. Have we reached convergence on this? Uh... I said, have we reached convergence on this? Absolutely. Great. Now to hell with this eggnog, where can a girl get some champagne around this place? Anyone? Let's go, people. Stats parties. Mama needs some holiday refreshments here. (laughs) So, uh, how'd that go? (laughs) Dude. You knew. You knew. I'm so sorry. You are not... You saw that coming from a country mile away. (laughs) I think we should start playing our reindeer games. Okay, we got the jar, right? Yes, we have a big pitcher. What there is inside the pitcher are some slips of paper. You said that I could do this in a way that aligns with my view of the holidays. My view of the holidays is completely consistent with Seinfeld, and that is that the holidays are an airing of grievances. This is basically the Hancock version of Festivus. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to reach in and I'm going to pull out a slip of paper. And people have written on each slip of paper something. I don't know what it is, but something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it to you. And your job, your one job is to cleanse yourself and unload anything negative you have on that particular topic. Right? A complete catharsis. Can you do this? Okay. So two quick things. Sure. Yes, I can. Mm Mm-hmm. The second is, when I told you to put out the beer pitcher and the slips of paper, Yeah, I said things like holiday memories, yeah, wishes for the upcoming year, mm. things that you're grateful for. Okay. You changed the sign to airing of grievances. <laughs> See, when you collaborate with someone, you have to embrace their ideas as well as your own. You understand that, right, about collaboration? That's why I don't collaborate a lot. <laughs> All right. It's just easier when Bauer writes the whole thing, isn't it? So much easier. (laughs) So much. All right. You ready? Okay, yes, but I need you to model this for me. I'm going to pick one out. Is there (laughs) like a time limit on this or something, or is it just until you feel cleansed? Yeah, I think a good cleansing doesn't even need to take a minute. Just got to get it out. Okay. Cohen's standards. Wait, what was it? Cohen's standards. 
Okay, so one of the issues here is that I might not know what the heck <laughs> slip of paper means, but I'm going to assume that what the person refers to here is Cohen standards for effect size. And you know what? Cohen standards for effect sizes are f- Why would we think that one guy's experience within one particular discipline would yield standards that somehow universally apply to all disciplines? It's ridiculous. Why does point two have to be a small effect? Maybe point two means saving 10,000 lives out there, huh? And what about the fact that effect size measures, as he proposed them, were for measured variables? When you introduce measurement error, then those effect sizes are completely off anyway. You can have two studies with completely different effect sizes, but it's due to the measurement error. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Use the context of your feel to decide what is a meaningful effect size. God, that feels good. When we're on the other side of the pandemic, could I come to your house for Christmas Day? Because this is something that I would really like to see. Oh, it's good. All right. What do you think? Do you you have the hang of this? Okay, but I have no idea what's coming. So what if you, like, don't have an issue? Do you just fake it? (laughs) Or are you and I sufficiently angry enough with the world that it doesn't... Daylight savings. Oh, don't get me started on daylight savings. Actually, I do feel very strongly about daylight savings. I should pick another one. All right, I'm going to reach in and pick one out for you. Are you prepared? Can you do this? I will try. Dig deep. All right, here we go. Stirring it up. It says, whatever this means, Fimmel handled missing data. Oh, damn. Okay. Oh, I I can feel feel it it coming already. (laughs) Do not ever in a manuscript write that missing data was not relevant because you used full information maximum likelihood. That is insane. Fimmel doesn't handle anything. First, don't anthropomorphize it. Fimmel didn't do anything. Fimmel is a method of estimation. Second, it didn't handle anything. It is not a door bouncer. It is not a drug mule. It is not a mafia hitman. Is It allows for unbalanced data under assumptions. Missing completely at random? You betcha. Missing at random? If you have the proper covariance in Missing not at random, screw you, you're done. And also, when you present that to the reader, you put in an entire paragraph that describes what are the patterns of missing data, how are they related to the covariates, and then remind me when you get to the discussion section about how that imposes some degree of limitation on the conclusions that you're drawing from your analyses. Greg, this is magical. I am so proud of you. Welcome. I'm a little dizzy. <laughs> that was good. Okay. I didn't even cleansing. know what that meant. Do you think that's what the point was? Doesn't matter. Okay, should we do another slip of paper? Um, well, hang on a sec. I think our first performer is going to be ready here in just a sec. We have performers? <laughs> I wandered around a little bit, and I found Samantha Anderson, and she agreed to do something for us. From Arizona State? Yes. Who talked about replication? There you go. So I think she's going to start. Okay, so just to clarify. Yeah. When I charged you with organizing the holiday party, you decided to do it how we do each podcast (laughs) itself. Precisely. Which is to come completely unprepared. Yeah. And just wing it when you get there. Yeah. So what is she going to do? I'm not going to tell you. Because you don't know. I, 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 okay, fair. Okay, Okay. she's going up. All right. 
thank you so much. So as some of you know, when I was a kid, I hosted a segment called Ask Sammy on a public access TV show where children would submit questions about Midwestern nature and farm life. So I thought I would do a live version of Ask Sammy tonight. Feel free to ask me anything, nature, the outdoors, farming. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it, it is true that NMDA type glutamate receptors are canonically thought of as being postsynaptic, but there is in fact evidence that these flux calcium in the absence of strong depolarization. So any questions about farm life? You have to remember that prior to the F-38B development phase, vertical subsonic flight for all jet fighters was accomplished through vectoring that provided both lift and could withstand the afterburning temperatures required to achieve the supersonic speeds. So does anyone have any questions about plants and animals of the Midwest? Now, that's actually a common misconception of Kasparov's 1986 loss in the World Chess Championship. Kasparov lost because he misplayed the Blackmar Demer Gambit. Had he used the Albin Counter Gambit, he could have easily recovered. Looks like I have time for one final question. Anything about the outdoors now? Yes, Patrick's brother Dan, do you have a question? <laughs> That is an extremely difficult question. Gosh, why would anybody listen to quantitude? Um, you know, maybe if there's nothing else to listen to? Gosh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I just don't have an answer to that one. I, I really don't know why anyone would listen to quantitude. But it looks like that's all the time I have for today. Well, thank you, everyone, and, and happy holidays. Wow, she knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Except the last thing. Oh, what? please, tell me you haven't <laughs> asked yourself that same question every time we log into Zoom. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, look at this place. It's filled, it's filled with people. Obviously people like, is there free beer? There is free beer. Okay, I think we need some grievances here. Okay, I don't know if I have it in me. You can do this. Pace yourself, man. You ready? Like I have okay. a choice. Go for it. Here we go. It says software packages versus statistical models. That's what it says. Is a software package a model? No. No, it is not. Do you know what a software package is? It is a uh. parser and an optimizer. Okay, say that with me. Parser, yeah, parser and an optimizer. optimizer. Is that a statistical model? Did you test your hypotheses using M plus? Did you evaluate the dimensionality using Levon? Did you test the nesting of children within schools using Stata? You did not. Why? The software package is a uh, parser and a Opti optimizer. Please do not say you tested your hypotheses using M plus. You tested your hypotheses using the general linear model, using exploratory factor analyses, using whatever it is you used, and then feel free to say these models were estimated using M plus because M plus is a parser and, a and optimizer. <sighs> wow. You don't mind if I take your turn, do you? Because I can kind of see how the Hancock family tradition. You're on a roll. 
how do you not do this year round? <laughs> you don't need to, man. Once you've been through this, you're good. You're good. Well, you're good to like October. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't even know how to respond to this one. Teaching statistics. Well, if I put my rant hat on, this is what I would say about that. <laughs> don't, don't suck. If you're going to teach statistics, don't <laughs> suck. All right? Statistics is a class that builds up a tremendous amount of anxiety. People have anxiety before they walk in the door. And what do you do when you go in there? You're going to suck? You think this is helpful? No, for God's sake. Get some training, get some help, learn some pedagogical skills, have someone watch you teach and give you feedback and actually take it. You are an ambassador for all the rest of the quantitative methods that someone is going to use. Take this seriously. Don't think that because you're a professor that all of a sudden you know how to teach. How much training did you get in it? Uh, rounds off to zero. So go get yourself some help. Work to be a better teacher because... I believe children are the future. Join in, Patrick. Because, because it's, it's a mathematical, mathematical imperative. imperative. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> Not the singing part. That was really, okay. really awful. <laughs> okay. Oh, dude, here comes Oscar. Have you met Oscar before? Oscar Gonzalez from Carolina? Not in three dimensions. I've met Oscar in two dimensions. Oh. Come here, over here. Hey guys, hey guys. Hey, good to meet you, Oscar. I was thinking, can I give a toast in honor of Quantitude? That would be really nice of you. Oh, very cool. Thank you, Oscar. Thanks. Oh, this is going to be nice. Thank you all. I am honored to be part of this celebration and to be in the podcast that we all have come to love. What can I tell you about Patrick and Greg? Y pues yo les dije, va, qué gran idea, qué gran idea, hasta yo le podré decir que es una idiota. Es que la verdad es que es no tener que hacer. Se la pasan sentados solamente hablando y tratando de decir que este porqué nos puede llenar de felicidad, nos puede llenar de amor y nos puede llenar de sabiduría en todos estos días que tenemos aquí encerrados en nuestras casas. Pero, ¿qué te puedo decir? La verdad es que el mundo es tan diferente de que cuando ellos lo conocen. Y ya han estado aquí tantísimo tiempo que la verdad, ¿qué consejos te pueden dar a ti? Y por yo lo que les podría decir es que tienen que empezar a cambiar de giros, a cambiar, a cambiar. Y a seguir trabajando y a seguir haciendo las cosas. Pero es que ya, hombre, fuera lo viejo y entrando lo nuevo, ¿verdad? So please join me by raising your glass for these two great people and a great podcast. Cheers. That was so sweet of him wow. to do. That Very was incredibly nice. thoughtful. Do you have any idea what he said? Uh, no, I took French. I'm sure it was fine. I yeah, mean, that yeah. was really super sweet. supportive, and the crowd was incredibly responsive to it. Yeah, that was nice. All right, bring over the picture of grievances. All right. I think it's my turn to pick for you this time. Okay. All right, you do that. Oh, please. Reviewer 2. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I got no problem with Reviewer 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am not going to air grievances about Reviewer 2. Everybody airs grievances about Reviewer 2. I am going to air grievances about Reviewer 4. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> 
I'll tell you why I'm going to air grievances about <laughs> Reviewer 4, because you know what Reviewer 4 symbolizes? Reviewer 4, who is brought in in the second round after you've been junk-punched by three people in the first <laughs> round, and then the editor decides to bring in someone. You know why? Because the editor doesn't have the stones to make a decision all by themselves. So you bring in Reviewer 4 like a hitman, like Red Sparrow, coming in to try and take you out. That's b- man that is just not cool so reviewer four i got this for you buddy <laughs> reviewer four god that felt good wow you really pivoted on that that's the holidays baby it is it is the holidays being open mm. and affirming and accepting and if somebody gives you reviewer two to ream that you're in a place in your life that you can ream reviewer four instead yeah it's twice as good <laughs> All right, are you ready? I'm stirring this up. You know what? I'm getting pop quiz-like feelings. I'm like shaking my hands. It's like, I don't know what's coming here. I have seen the inside of you. There is darkness. I know that you can do this. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, It says, okay, whatever this means, citing entire book. All right, here's an idea. If I might, could I share an idea with you? (laughs) Oh, would you? That when you cite something, you don't cite a 1,000-page book without a page number, without an equation number, with no identifying information in hopes that you can take the shotgun, file off the serial number, (laughs) hacksaw the barrel off, and go out back and just unload into the side of the barn in hoping that somewhere Boland talked about that in his textbook. You know what? Just a second. I'm going to get here. I'm going to get Boland's. Here, Boland, 1989. All right, why I have this at a bar, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But it is 514 pages long. Mm -hmm. Do not say, this is well-established Boland 89. And hey, I got an idea. While you're at it, maybe you could also avoid saying, as it is widely known, or all evidence suggests, you know what? I would rather you cite Bolin 89. I don't know why I have Bolin at the cat's cradle. I don't know either. But... That was just pure coincidence. I, I take some books with me when I go to bar. <laughs> you and I have to because nobody talks to us. It's totally normal. That was good. You know what? I try to run every other day just for sanity. My heart rate has been more elevated for a longer period right now than on my typical run. Okay. Uh, It it would appear somebody might have beaten Paige to the champagne. Uh, Look up on stage. Look. Is that Tessa? Um, I don't know how to feel about this. Did she say that she was going to do something? Because <laughs> she did not. <laughs> she looks a little confused. All, all right. Oh, well, dude. Let's just I go with it. I do not have a good vibe about this. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi there, everyone. Q Potters. Is that what they call you? Well... Since it appears to be open mic night around here, I thought I'd share some fun Q-Pod trivia. Question. How much do they pay me to help out with the Q-Pod website? Here's a hint. It rhymes with zero. Question. 
how much do they pay me to Photoshop all the images of Greg because he thinks they make him look bloaty. Well, bloaty McBloatface, here's the hint. It's the square root of zero. Question, how much do they pay me to clean that drooly little monkey's litter box? Need help? It's what separates a ratio scale from an interval scale. Yep, it's an absolute zero. I know y'all think the episodes are so smooth. Well, in all my free time, I collected some outtakes that the so-called quantitudes might not want you to hear. Let me just press play on this bad boy. Than any single link in that mediating path that you derive that from. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I am very excited to loop in a self-identified fan of the podcast named Rebecca Brock. And she goes by Brecca. <laughs> okay. Clown rodeo. <laughs> so have you just transited into defensive machine learning? I don't know what that means. I don't mean that in an insightful way. Could you say more? <laughs> <laughs> you mean it of what the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> you need to pee? You know, I will. I don't, but I think better when I'm holding my own <laughs> Who then stumble upon things that are quantitative that they wish to comment on. And I don't know what the f*** I was going to say. <laughs> I got a manuscript on the testicular volume in bulls. I do not want to be the RA on that research project. <laughs> right. You know, I can't really comment knowledgeably, you know, other than just my lay knowledge of bull testicular volume. Um, <laughs> Which is <laughs> prodigious. I have been at your family dinner table where this has come up more than once. It's a hobby. <laughs> Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Where'd you go to undergrad? That's what I wanted to ask. Dude, dude. You just told me to talk amongst ourselves. Okay, don't ruin it. Talk to... Okay, God, okay don't answer. <laughs> Nyana, don't answer. Talk about cow tipping. Just yes. <laughs> Not, uh, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Wrong guy. I am... <laughs> uh, the three faces of Eve. It's, wow. <laughs> it's so hard to keep the voices in my head straight. <laughs> Um, Sir Francis, could I please speak <laughs> to Jiffy? Briefly. Thank you. Thanks very much, everybody. If you enjoyed that, feel free to bring $20 over to the bar to contribute to the Tessa Johnson DIY Fellowship. Dude, you told me we could trust her. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Wow. Okay. I like the wherewithal of your DIY fellowship. <laughs> that one, I admire that. None of this. What is the department going to do for me? $20 yeah. to the bar? That's grit. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready to come uncorked? Just to change things up, yeah. I'm going to respond in a calm oh. and measured way. Okay. All right. And yours says, job with summers off. Job with summers off. Oh, all right. I have some thoughts on that. Let's start with, I've got a f- 
idea. Why don't you get a job that you quit every nine months and you work those three months for no money, but be expected to still do your job that you are not paid for and then go ahead and start the next nine months, but needing to have spent the prior month in preparation for the start of the ninth month, which is now the first month of the next nine months, and you set up that yourself, and you get your summers off too. Parsers and optimizers, parsers and optimizers, parsers and optimizers. Okay, that didn't go as well as I had hoped. <laughs> wow, good. <laughs> I'd hate to see the uh, the non-calm version of you. All right. Hmm. A need for multi-level models. Uh, well, that's funny because there usually isn't. <laughs> we teach entire courses in multi-level model. When people say, oh, I've got to do an HLM, you know what? You probably don't. Most of the people out there who say, oh, I need a multi-level model. I have to do a multi You almost never do. You know why? Because you don't have a question that is at multiple levels. Just because you have a data structure that has a second level or even a third level, if your research questions are just at the first level, then f***ing deal with it. There are model-based approaches. There are design-based approaches. Just deal with the dumpster fire of your data. Go ahead and figure out how to handle this with a design-based approach. And adjust your standard errors. We don't need you trying to model some giant Jenga tower. All we need you to do is to make some damn corrections. I don't need everybody to do multi-level this, multi-level that. You almost never need multi-level jack. I teach multi-level modeling. <laughs> That's a good use of your time. <laughs> it uh, looks like we have another candidate for open mic night up there. This has to go better than Tessa. It's hard to imagine it not. If your name is Preacher, it seems... <laughs> oh, is that Chris? That's Chris. Oh, how sweet. That's a nice sweater he's got. Very festive. Is he wearing it ironically, or <laughs> is that really his sweater? <laughs> um, oh, okay. Hang on. Okay, okay, okay. Good evening, dear friends, distinguished intellectuals, Patrick's brother. My name is Chris Preacher of Vanderbilt University. I'd like to take this opportunity to say a few brief words about Dr. Curran and his truly astounding career. My task is a formidable one, for what words can possibly do justice in describing a corpus of work whose sheer magnitude continues to shatter the boundaries of methodology, of discipline, and indeed of imagination? To call him a pioneer in quantitative methods would be an understatement of the highest magnitude. His contributions to the field, both through his revolutionary methodological developments and his exemplary pedagogy and mentorship, will shape scholars, both quantitative and applied, for generations to come. Indeed, I can foresee a day in the not-too-distant future when Chapel Hill's L.L. Thurstone Psychometric Lab is rechristened the Patrick J. Curran Institute for Transformative Quantitative Insight and Innovation. A toast! To Patrick J. Curran, a thought leader among thought leaders. God, I gotta pee. Hope you liked that, you freaking egomaniac. Oh, no, 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 no. Integrative data analysis? That was his wife Andrea's brilliant idea, not his. You think Patrick could have thought of that on his own? 
as if Chris Delta method instead of bootstrapping indirect effects. Well, Mister, it depends. Guess what? It f-ing depends. You can't always wish away the higher order Taylor series remainder terms, hoping they'll just disappear like undergrads dropping your classes in week two of each semester. And the alt model, really, Chris? Like anyone's going to want to do all that crap at time one just to get it to cough up something that probably doesn't mean what they think it means anyway. Chris? What? Your mic. What? Your microphone. It's still on. Shit. I didn't even want to do this damn toast. Oh, Chris, I'm worried about Patrick's low self-esteem. Maybe you could give him a nice toast to help him out. Well, here you go. Toast, toast this, this bitch. Low yeah. self-esteem. Uh, Low <clears throat> self-esteem. <laughs> you know, everyone could use a little pick-me-up every now and again, Patrick. You called that <laughs> a pick-me-up. Uh, well, it did, it did go south on me. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, I suggest we, uh, we move on from here. One question. Mm-hmm. Just exactly what kind of car does Chris own? I, well, it's certainly not a 69 Volkswagen Bug. <laughs> hey, uh, easy now. <laughs> I think you should be able to tell because you run the racing circuit. So what sound was that? That sounded an awful lot like a mid-60s Mustang. Mm, 65 Fastback, perhaps? <laughs> huh? I don't need no stinking self-esteem. Uh. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Are you ready? Uh, whoa, whose turn is it? I got, I sort of got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, do you um, think? All right, so I've got one for you. Wow. All right. I think somebody ran you out a bit of rope on this one to work with. Okay. Academia sucks. <sighs> I don't. I don't know if I'm going to rant as much as I will kind of just whine and disagree here, but I'm only going to partially disagree. I'll tell you why. There are aspects of this job that are really challenging. So this is totally not a perfect gig. There's no question that there is unfairness from time to time. You will have a good idea that reviewers out there reject. Yep, that happens. You will work with colleagues who are phoning it in from time to time. And you know what? That happens in every particular job. I happen to think that this is the most amazing job ever where there are people around who are well-intentioned, who are willing to mentor you, willing to help you establish your footing, whether it comes to scholarship or it comes to getting grants. Imagine a job where someone said, we're going to pay you to think up things, and we're going to pay you to tell people about those things. That sounds like a pretty good gig to me. Who doesn't want a job where at the end of each year, you get to look back and say, you know what? I thought I knew things last year, but this year I really understand things. I know so much more this year. So I'm going to say academia is about the farthest thing from suck that I could possibly imagine. All right. Very well done, my friend. What's next? I have one for you. Do I have to be as measured in my response as you just were? That was unusually measured, wasn't it? It was. Okay. Are you feeling okay? Okay. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll Are you back. getting out of the holiday spirit? Ooh. Come on, man. Come back to I me. Know. The Hancock family <laughs> okay. holidays. All right. <laughs> Maybe I can try to get us back on track. Yeah. Show me how it's done. Um, here we go. 
Ignoring non-normality. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> there it is. Come on, people. <laughs> All right, 50 years ago. Sure, go ahead. Take a natural log and then take the reciprocal of that and then take the square root of that and then say, oh, skew is 1.99995, which approximates the assumption of normality. Come on. All right, you got a dependent variable. We are assuming in our linear models continuity, all right? And yes, we assume normality. All right, here's a wake-up call. It's not normality of the marginal distribution of the dependent variable. Make all the histograms your heart desires. It's normality of the residuals. Those are not the same thing. Second, if you have non-normality and still have continuity, we have a whole host of remarkable, robust estimators that you can use. And you know what? If you suck it up and look in the mirror and say, I am still a good person, but my variable is a count, my variable is ordinal, my variable is discrete, then quit rocking back and forth in front of a plate spinning in front of you saying, my data is normal, my data is normal, my data is normal, and you Use a nonlinear model. Don't mess with the data to fit your model. Pick your model that corresponds to the data. Happy holidays, Greg. Boom. We're back. That was really, really helpful. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh, dude. Is that Doug Steinley? Uh, as in the editor of Psych Methods. Yes, it is. He's trying to get a microphone. I did not know you invited him. I did not know you invited him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my spidey sense is not going well. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me see that mic. I'm out of town. I just wanted a couple things to say. I was down at the hotel bar looking for a place, have a couple drinks. And they said, hey, this Cat's Cradle place is pretty good. And I said, oh, that's great. I'm a Harry Chapin fan. So I walk on over here and it looks like some kind of place that a bunch of hippies would come to watch Warren Zevon. Whatever. I was outside. There's a sign, you know, free admittance. If you listen to a podcast by Hancock and Current. Current, I don't know. Some kind of quantitative psychologist. And I was like, oh, man, this better not be. This is like, I know who Bauer and Preacher are. But this is going to be like the time I was going to see the Californication release. And I ended up in a show by the Red Hot Chili Pipers. And it was all bagpipe music. I was like, wow, I've done worse things probably than listen to a free podcast for a drink. These guys are probably just trying to increase listeners, so what the hell? Turns out I was right about the second, wrong about the first. This is terrible. What's it take to get a whiskey around here? Everybody's out here drinking Guinness. We get it. We get it. A statistician invented it at a brewery. You don't have to drink it all the time. Anyway, it's a podcast about Minova. How bad Minova is. And I was like, these guys, crazy. Minova, you get increased power if the dependent variables are correlated. They always are. You're going to find patterns dependent variables. That's what we really want to look at. Who cares about significance tests? We control for the type 1 error rate. It's a special case of canonical correlation. Just like regression, like the discriminant analysis. Why would you pick on MANOVA? This is just absurdly ridiculous. Uh, I think we need someone to go get him. Shouldn't we pick one editor to go get another editor? <laughs> <laughs> Who's editor of MBR now? Uh, it's Jeff. Jeff Herring. I think he's actually here. He's over there by the bar. Okay, get him. Go send him. Okay. Go run over okay. and tell him. Okay. Probably going to tell us we can't do Chaffee's test. Tukey's test. All right, Doug. It's time to go. I, I got to go. 
Let's give him a nice hand, shall we? Hey, stop kissing me. Well, that's taken care of. All right, back to our jar. What is it? I think you read to me next. I do. Deep breaths. All right, I've peeked at this piece of paper. I know that you can do this one. I told you about dad rule. Oh, that's right. You remember that. You do not I, pick right. up the Trivial Pursuit card and say this one is so easy. Okay. I'm just saying. All right, here goes. Confidence intervals. Oh, man. Okay. A typical person would expect me to become uncorked at mm-hmm. the inappropriate interpretation. About how it's not really the test of what we want. About how most textbooks describe it incorrectly. You know what? I'm going to take a slightly different tact on this one. And it's going to involve self-righteousness. All right, here's the thing. You don't like me because I take a point estimate. And I divide by a standard error. And I get a critical ratio. And I look it up and get a p-value. And if it's below some magical number, I say, oh, it's significant. And if it's above some magical number, I say, oh, no, it's not significant. And then you say, no, you're a horrible person. And you shouldn't be doing that. You know what you should do instead? Is instead of taking the point estimate divided by the standard error and getting a critical ratio... You should take a critical ratio and multiply that by your standard error and then add and subtract it to your point estimate because that's totally (laughs) different. Where you divide it, you're a horrible person. But if you add and subtract it, ooh, look at you, up for sainthood. Give me a break. It's the same information is go ahead you know what interpret it incorrectly because you still got all the problems of the null hypothesis testing i don't care what you do with it just don't be uppity about it god wow i think i hurt myself did you pull something no i hit my kneecap with a clipboard (laughs) that hurt huh so you're not anti-confidence interval. You just don't want people to treat it as though it is the second coming. Is that correct? Thank you. Okay. All right. Just checking. Are you ready? <sighs> I feel what you're saying. I know, right? I'm going to violate dad rule. <laughs> oh, seriously? <laughs> P-values. Oh, okay. Well, if I just learned anything from you, it's that we can sort of take a left turn from the expected. I'm not going to bash on the interpretation of p-values. They're so easy to misinterpret. We know that. I'm going to say that when you look at a p-value, it's not the real p-value, all right? So when you're looking at your 0.0467, guess what? It's not 0.0467. You know why? Because that's only a p-value under assumptions that don't hold. Normality. Whatever other belief system there is for your outcome variable. You could slay 100 goats, and you would never appease the god that would make that p-value correct. Plus, how about if you're a person who does some model selection before you compute some p-values? Ooh, that's a good one. Let's go ahead and run four different models and say, I think I like model three. Thank you very much. Now let me start looking at all the p-values in there. Well, guess what? First of all, the p-values are wrong because you violate assumptions. Second of all, those are all conditional p-values upon that particular model being chosen. Every p-value you will hold in your hand for the rest of your life will be wrong. So maybe we shouldn't build an entire religious system upon these p-values that barely have second decimal accuracy, if that. Good Lord. Wow, you went religious on me too. Was that too much? (laughs) 
You know what I think I'm learning from the Hancock family tradition is during the holiday season, there is no such thing as too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, who's this? Excuse me, are you the Quantidudes? Yes. Um, this is a bar. How did you get in here? I'm Oliver. Oliver Felt. My dad was on Quantitude earlier this season. Oh, sure. Johnny. Hey, Oliver. Came here because I was really hoping to find Jiffy here. I've been worried about him all summer. Yeah, us too, Oliver. Really miss Jiffy. Jiffy, are you? Did someone say Jiffy? It's Jiffy! Jiffy! Hi, guys. I'm home. Hey, Jiffy. Are you okay? Who is this child hugging me? I'm Oliver. I'm so glad you're okay. Hey, what happened to your ear? And what's with the eye patch? Long story. I'll tell you everything later, I promise. It's great to have you back, little buddy. Great to be back. I missed you guys. Will you sign my Jiffy t-shirt? Wow, sure. There you go. Thanks. Excuse me, Mr. Gregory. We have a situation at the door. What's up, Victor? Three men, clearly overserved, call themselves the Wild Boys from Arizona State University. Silly. The leader, Michael, is trouble. The other two, Kevin Daniel, not much better. How would you like me to resolve this? Do you have a twin brother who does back alley tattoos in the Ukraine? How could the monkey know this? Lemur. Let's just say, Ivan and I share a common interest. Wait, are you the one they call Ringo? I no longer answer to that name. And as for the uninvited guest at the door, I will handle this. Are you sure, Jiffy? I have a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like them. You are, Ringo. Well, okay then. Come on, Oliver. Let me show you how to earn a tail ring. Uh, what? Long story. Let's go kick some butt! Excuse me. Any room for an old friend to join you? Frank! So good to see you, Jeffrey. Same to you. Now, how about if we go teach those Arizona State boys some manners? You know what they say. Manners maketh the man. Precisely, my friend. Come, young Oliver. I believe this is what they call a teachable moment. Yeah! (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) The ASU wild boys? (laughs) Uh, well, apparently it's being handled. It is being handled, <laughs> as we can hear right now. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. This has been one heck of an evening. Mm-hmm. With your permission, I would like to call an audible. Okay. Huh. Go ahead. I cannot tell you how liberating this past hour has been. Mm. I feel cleansed <laughs> and purified in a way that I have not... Maybe since the beginning of the pandemic. Good, good, I'm glad. I would like you to throw me a bone, though. 
I would like mm. to end on some degree of positivity. Now, it can be mm. on the Hancock scale of positivity, meaning <laughs> that it's very positive for you, but I would like to end on some sense of what we've appreciated in this year and in this holiday season. Are you game? I could give it a try. I, I, it's weird over the holidays, but sure, sure, sure. I think we should stay on the Hancock holiday numerical scale. Is I, I like that. It, it is a true ratio scale. This is better than the Hancock scale of toxic masculinity. I was worried you were going to go there, but okay. It All actually right. interacts with the Hancock oh. toxic masculinity. It does not. <laughs> I just want to thank everybody who's listening for being part of this thing because working with you and doing this has been one of the highlights of my entire year. This has been, for all of us, an extraordinarily challenging year. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you, Greg, as an individual and how much fun this has been, but also everybody that has been listening and being part of this and being part of the silly Twitterverse and on the intertubes where they post twits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the entire year and being part of this. I will try this holiday positivity thing, see how it goes. I agree. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. That was really um, <laughs> great for you. For me, yes, I understand. Yeah, this has been a super sucky year, no question. And let me utter some words no one has ever uttered before. You have been my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Getting together and recording each week and doing the editing and all of that stuff has been a joy. But really, the the bigger joy with all due respect, has been the wonderful interactions that we've had with folks in our community, the the positivity around this, and that people are taking their valuable time. I mean, time is such a commodity in life anyway, and now it feels so much more precious. And the fact that people are sharing it with us, I really am just so grateful. And I look forward to continuing to do this for, well, I mean, for as long as I can stand you. So we're going to wrap up in January? Hancock out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough. Enough, enough. I feel a hug coming on and I'm deeply uncomfortable. So this ends now. Looks like the band is warming up. Wait a minute. Isn't that your brass quintet? Yeah. Ooh, is that Sean? Yep. That is Sean. The Sean from prior episodes. Yep. He plays first trumpet. I play second trumpet. Looks looks like he's able to play both first and second. (laughs) You are superfluous, my friend. That is not the first time I have heard that. (laughs) But, okay. Oh, they're starting. They're starting. This is going to be good. Good evening. I am Sir Francis Galton. Returning to Quantitude after a highly successful turn as host of last year's very popular holiday episode. This year we thought we would bring you a slice of culture in the form of a dramatic reading. And what better place to find drama than the Semnet Listserv? Dear friends, may I present Masterpiece Semnet Theatre. Hi, my name is Maggie. And my name is Jane. And together we are the Semnet Community Players. 
Tonight we offer a dramatic reading selection of actual messages posted on the Lister Semnit. This evening, for your entertainment pleasure, I will be reading the role of Les. And I will be reading the role of Carl. We hope you, you enjoy, enjoy the show. I'm an artist. What exactly is my motivation here? I mean, what drives the Les character? You know, nobody actually knows his motivation. That does not help my art. Lights! Hi, Les. You've been writing all this stuff for years. I can ask for axioms, can't I? The things you write are meaningless and non-interpretable. Best, Carl. Hi, Carl. Yes, you can ask. I expect some people will understand my responses, even if you don't. Les. Hi, Les. I kindly ask you to define the obvious terms. Best, Carl. Hi, Carl. In this instance, what you consider obvious, I do not. The scientific logic is perhaps too simple for you. Les. Hi, Les. You're right. It's too simple for me, and it shows that everything you write is based on ill-conceived, half-baked, banal logic. Don't blame others for thinking further than you. Best, Carl. Hi, Carl. Not worth substantive comments. Les. Les. Really, I find this embarrassing, honestly. I'm a little, just a little worried. You can't be losing your arguments after all these years. Best, Carl. Hi, Carl. This is worth discussing, and if you are serious, this might prove much more useful for Semnet than your comments so far. Les. Hi, Les. It is such a <laughs> to preach and then be confronted with real data sets. Best, Carl. Hi, Carl. Remember this statement when I do not respond to useless and unhelpful postings. Let's. Hi, Les. This is so inc incredibly ridiculous, and it has been for years. This nonsense must come to an end at some point. Best, Carl. This has gone on long enough. Jeffrey, would you mind getting the microphone, please? Sure thing. Hi, Les. Consider the... Hey, what's the monkey doing on stage? I am a lemur. Get away from me. Let go where I'm going to bop your bopping bin. Okay, monkey, you want to dance? Let's get it on. Just something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. When we do another social gathering and the agenda needs to be planned, don't have your feelings hurt if I don't ask you to do that again. <laughs> feelings hurt? You just stumbled upon one of my secrets. If you do a sucky job at something, then no one ever asks you to do it again. Well, consider this a success. However, I do think that I nailed the ending here. I have one special treat for you as we ride off into the holiday sunset. I don't know if I can handle another one of these. Seriously. Hey, trust me, you're going to like it. Okay, I don't trust you, but do I have a choice? Uh, no, no. Sit back. Enjoy. No way. Is that Don Hedeker? You're welcome. Hey, all you Q-Potters, welcome to the Cat's Cradle and the Quantitude Holiday Party! Yeah! This is Danny Don from the Pokeholics, and we're about to make some noise. That's right, because we play a very strange and deranged kind of polka. One that you might describe something like this. Polka with two adjectives beginning with P. Poker with an objective to make it happy. We play people, people, pleasing, pleasing poker. People pleasing poker for one and all. We hope you stand up. We hope you don't fall. So get up off your feet and let's dance to this crazy book of beat. 
Hit it, boys! Dude! This is amazing! I know! Man, this is better than Warren Zevon and not one word out of you! <laughs> Why are you taking off your clothes? <laughs> yeah! You have later hose on underneath! What the hell? See ya, buddy! Tight, so won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And all the ladies worried, and they whispered this really. Knock off the vocal reindeer, hope you don't have me keys. So won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the rain is 